Well, how are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Good, good, good. It, it, it's really weird. Everyone's sitting on this side of the room, and it's like, I feel very like, I want to stand over here you to feel like off, lock, even lock things side? out, you know? It's just like, it feels like the room's just leaning this way. It's, it's tripping me out right now. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, how many of you guys have your Bibles tonight? How many of you guys have your Bibles? Let me see your Bibles. I see a smartphone. That's awesome. I got an Smartphone. We got, a, we got an Oxford Bible in the front row. We're getting official. We're getting official. How many of you guys have started school? Anyone start school yet? Two and a half weeks until it starts. You just started. Uh, I know Sam's going to be moving back to Eastern Oregon for school. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else got school coming up soon? Uh, who's traveling the farthest away? I know Cole just left to uh, Cal Poly. Is that in San Luis Obispo? Yeah, yeah that's down there. Uh, who who has to travel far away to school? Anyone traveling super far? Is Legrand the farthest? Awesome. Okay. Alex is in Idaho. Alex is in Idaho right now. We got some boys heading down to Corvallis, right? Anyone going to Corvallis for for Oregon State? Okay. Any anyone going to University of Oregon? All right, so, so we got Eugene, and we're, okay, we got some Eugene over here. Anyone going to uh, Western-ish, Chemeketa, there we go. Uh, how many of y'all are going to Clackamas Community College? Oh, and everyone raised their hand, that's awesome. Do we got any, Port- Do we got any Portland Staters in the building? Oh, no Portland Staters, too bad. Uh, uh, how many of y'all are done with college? Holla, okay, very cool, very cool. Um, well, that's great. Well, hey, I'm just I'm just excited for what God's gonna do uh, in and through you guys as you guys are going back to school and as some of you are starting school here uh, locally. Uh, I just believe, guys, that this is gonna be a big year. 2015, 2016 is just gonna be a great year uh, for each and every single one of us. Uh, just as God is gonna be doing some pretty cool things uh, in our lives. So I, I encourage you guys to be believing that way with me and to be praying that way uh, with me as well. Speaking of prayer, we took a break last week uh, from our series that we were in. Uh, we heard from our buddy JR, uh, who is in Chicago at this point. Uh, he left earlier today, uh, and he is now in Chicago, uh, and he sends his love to you guys. Um, but we were in John 17. We've been in John 17 for two weeks in a mini sermon series inside of our sermon series. I saw the light, the gospel according to John. We've been in John for 40 weeks, guys. It's crazy stuff. Uh, and we're still just chugging along. But, but in our three-week mini-series uh, called The True Lord's Prayer, uh, What Jesus Really Prays, uh, we've been looking at uh, John chapter 17. Uh, three weeks ago, we looked at what Jesus prayed for himself in the first five verses of John 17. And we, and we saw that it's, one, okay to pray for yourself. It's not a selfish thing to do. Uh, but Jesus prays some very specific things. Then two weeks ago, we looked at what Jesus prayed for his disciples. Uh, and, and he prayed that his disciples would continue doing the things which he had called them to do, uh, the things which he had taught them uh, to go into all the world. And we really looked at what it means to be the church uh, and, and what it means to truly be a follower of Christ uh, and, and kind of the things that go along with that. And we're going to touch a lot more on that tonight as we move into the second I mean, to the third part uh, of this sermon series, when we look at what Jesus prays, uh, not only for his believers, but what Jesus prays uh, for the church. 
and, and what our importance is and what, uh, what we need to rely on, who we need to rely on uh, for us to, to live life in this thing called the church and to live life uh, the way Jesus intended us uh, to live our lives in the church. But we're talking about prayer because this is, uh, just so you guys remember, just a little bit of review. John 17, this is Jesus praying at the end of what has been known as the Upper Room Discourse. Uh, Jesus, for the last few chapters, has been talking to his disciples. Judas has already left, so he's been talking to his 11 closest disciples, those who knew him best. And then Jesus pauses and he prays the longest recorded prayer of Jesus we have in the New Testament. And uh, it's just this eloquent prayer that Jesus prays uh, for the benefit of the believers. Uh, Jesus wasn't praying these things because he needed to pray, because Jesus was God. Uh, but he was praying these things as a benefit for the believers who were listening, who then subsequently wrote these things down. And now Jesus' prayer is a benefit for each and every single one of us. And we can learn and we can be encouraged by what Jesus prayed. Um, but I want to spend a little bit of time talking about prayer uh, tonight before we dive in. Um, how many of you guys uh, could maybe give a five-word definition just in your own words of what prayer is? Do, do we all pretty much have a good understanding of what prayer is? Raise your hand if you have a semi-decent understanding of what prayer is. Okay, solid. So pretty much every hand is raised. So prayer uh, is, 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 is pretty cool, uh, and it's a great opportunity that we have. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about the history of prayer and like prayer to God. Uh, and, and some benefits that we have now since Jesus. Uh, this might be review for some of you, but for others it might be new, and it might be uh, encouraging to you. Uh, but in the Old Testament, the Jews and, and, and the people of Israel, uh, they served Yahweh, uh, the one true God. Um, but they didn't have this relationship that we have with God, where you can just... Before you eat your food, you pray, and, and you say, God, thanks for the food. Uh, they didn't have the same opportunity. They were able to say these things, but it, it was done in a different way. And, and, and back, uh, back in the Old Testament times, uh, the Israelites, when they had big things they had to pray for, they didn't just get down on their knees and pray for them. They had to go to a priest, and then the priest had to do a sacrifice, and then the priest would go pray on the behalf of uh, the people. And so it was this long, arduous process. Uh, God had heard prayers. God answered prayers. Uh, but they had these rituals that they had to go through. But here's the really cool thing that we have as followers of Christ. Hebrews tells us that Jesus, Jesus is our high priest, but he's not only just a high priest in the present, he's the eternal high priest who is offering up prayers for us and we can now approach God the Father through Jesus, because if you've given your heart to Jesus, Jesus uh, now takes up residence inside of you, and now you can approach God uh, through Jesus uh, by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so prayer is this really cool conduit that each and every single one of us have with God. And we can talk to God at any point, and God hears us at any point. How many of you guys uh, and gals uh, have a cell phone? Does everyone have a cell phone? Okay, almost. Uh, I wasn't able to have a cell phone uh, until I graduated high school. Uh, that's weird, right? Okay. Uh, I volunteer at an elementary school. Uh, in the first and second graders have cell phones. Um, that wasn't a thing back in the day. Uh, I'm not that much older 
than, than, than most of you guys. Uh, I graduated high school in 2008. The first iPhone hadn't come out yet, though. So we didn't have iPhones. We had iPods back when I was in high school, and the iPods uh, were the ones that, yeah, yeah they, they had the actual <laughs> dial, and they had the four buttons on the top. You guys remember those? Like, that's like, that's old school. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, so it was fun. I had the U2 edition iPod. It was cool. It was red and black, and like Bono etched his name in the back. So they said it was just a machine that did it. But it was cool because it was U2, and it came with all their songs on it. I love U2. It's a great band, you know? Um, but I didn't have a cell phone. Um, okay, I'm, how many of you guys ever had the sidekick? Did anyone have the sidekick? You guys remember the T-Mobile sidekick? It was the coolest phone of the day, you know, you like you like flicked it and it twisted around. It had the joystick on it. It was pretty much a it was pretty much a GameCube, but you could call people on it. It was awesome. I mean Game Boy. I mean Game Boy. Uh, the Motorola Razor was the coolest thing. Uh, and then they came out with that one that I think it was called like the Juke, and it was super like thin. And you could yeah, you guys remember these phones? Yeah, uh, they were so cool. We have it easy. We have it easy. Uh, in, 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 in our generation just to be like, hey, if I want to talk to someone, I grab my cell phone, I put it up to my ear, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Um, but in generations past, they didn't have it that easy. Uh, I remember uh, I remember my family, uh, so we didn't have cell phones. <coughs> I remember when we got cordless phones, those were cool, but, but but when we were younger, we actually had corded phones, you know, like with the cool twist. You guys all have seen them. We're like, we're, 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 kind of. Do you guys remember like rotary dial phones? Yeah? Uh, how many of you guys, no, check this out. They actually did a survey and, and, and it, was, it was an experiment. It was a cultural experiment. It was great. Uh, but first, I want to know how many of you guys know how to use a rotary phone? Okay, that's impressive. I'm impressed. I kind of want to get one just to see if you can do it. But they did this. It was at a university just a few years ago. They had a pay phone. And then right next to the pay phone, they put a free phone, but it was a rotary phone. And they had a camera up there just to see how many people like knew how to use it. And people were literally walking up and pushing buttons or pushing numbers, but you can't push numbers on a rotary phone. You have to do the whole thing. So crazy and phones and everything. And just think about your grandparents. Like they actually wrote letters to people, you know. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it's good to write letters, you know. But uh, communication um, is, is something that we have very easily. And I've heard it said uh, multiple times, I've taught it multiple times, that praying is just like having a phone call conversation with God. Now our generation has moved so much from talking on the phone to now we just text. Like how many of you guys actually like call people before you text people? Okay. Yeah. Is but most of the time it's just convenient to text someone, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, the analogy is slowly actually dying out. We have to find a new medium for this analogy. It's like FaceTiming with God or something like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, there there was this thing back in the day. I never had it because I'm not that old, but my parents had it, and I hear my dad talk about it all the time. Uh, but there were these things called party lines. Anyone ever heard of a party line before? Did any of you guys like live in an old enough neighborhood or old enough house that you had a party line? Okay, so so a party line was back in the day to save money uh, when you actually had to like dial an operator. What they would do is they would just do like this single cell phone or, or, or single landline to a neighborhood, and every phone in the neighborhood would tap into it. So like maybe you'd pick up the phone to call your, your grandma and you pick it up and Mr. Jones next door is on the phone with like his cousin. And so you had to wait or if you were like my dad, you'd kind of like listen in. <laughs> but then when you like, it'd be exciting, you'd start to be like, oh, 
And then they'd be like, hey, who's on the phone? They're like, okay, never happened to us. My brother and I, though, this is a little side note. My brother and I, we have a phone jack in our room. Uh, and we and we found this, like, old phone, like, at, like, a Goodwill or something. It didn't have the receiver, but it was just a phone, and it had the cord. Well, we learned that you could just plug the cord without the receiver into the wall, and you could listen to when your parents were on the phone. Uh, and so John and I eavesdropped a few times. No cool stories to tell you. We didn't hear anything awesome. It was most of the time my mom switching recipes with people, but it's all good. Here, But here's the thing. Party lines, you had to wait. You had to wait until someone got off the line so you could get on. And, and, and this is the thing with God. Uh, some, some people and many people think that like God doesn't hear them when they pray. But here's the thing. God hears your every par- prayer. Uh, the Bible tells us that God hears every single prayer that, that, that is offered up. It's not like God has a party line and, and if he's not answering your prayer, that he's on the line with someone else and he's just waiting. Uh, it, no, God hears your prayer. And here's the thing, God always answers prayer. God always answers prayer. Whether you see it or you don't, God is always answering your prayer. So often we live in a culture and a society that like, we ask for something and we get what we asked for. And if we don't get it, we go buy it ourselves. Or uh, we lived in, in, such a, in such a way that when we asked for something for Christmas, we got it. And if we didn't get it, we were mad about it, you know. And so then our parents got it for us anyways. Yeah. Like, like that's kind of how we've been conditioned, but that's not always how God works. God answers prayer every single time we pray, but he answers it in three distinct different ways. This is not the sermon. This is like the pre-sermon mini-sermon, okay? Uh, when we pray, God answers in one of three ways. The first can be go, where God just says, yes, do it. Now go and do it. I've given you the green light. So go is the first way God answers. The second way, God answers with no. And and sometimes God just says, no, that's not for you. No, the timing's not right. No, like, don't do that. I'm telling you, that's probably not a good idea. And the third way God answers prayer is sometimes God just says slow. He says, ease up. Wait. Not yet. Maybe. Just hold your horses. Just hold your horses. So God will either answer and go, no, or slow. Easy way to remember it, and then we all say, oh. No, don't say no. But, but, but so that's just a little mini thing on prayer. Um, I want to just say one more thing about prayer before we move into Jesus actually praying. Um, there, there's a story in the Old Testament. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's about a guy by the name of Elijah. Anyone ever heard of Elijah before? Heard of uh, so we're told in the New Testament that Elijah is a man just like us, okay? So, so ladies, it, it's gender neutral when we're talking about this thing. Uh, uh, Elijah was a dude just like you. Elijah was a dude just like me. He was just an ordinary guy who loved God and feared God, okay? Uh, and something happened in, the, in, in, in Israel's history. Uh, they had a really bad king. His name was Ahab, uh, and he married a really bad woman named Jezebel. Uh, and, and they were just really bad people. They were leading the, the, the nation of Israel down paths they should never go. And they started worshiping other gods. They started worshiping a god called Baal, a god named Asherah. And they started forsaking Yahweh, the one true God. And it came time where Elijah's like, this is out of hand. We're going to have a duel of the gods. And he says, grab all the prophets of Baal and of Asherah and, and, and bring them up. Meet me on Mount Carmel. Pause right there. Mount Carmel sounds awesome. Right. And like, it's like, bring some chocolate and let's have a Snickers. It's going to be good. But okay, now, now stop. Car- I don't actually even like caramel uh, when it comes to like, yeah, I like chocolate. It's better. But uh, so here's the thing. They meet on Mount Carmel 
and all these prophets of, of Baal, some 500 prophets of Baal, and, and some more prophets of Asher, they meet up on this thing, and then uh, Elijah is there. It's like 1v700. It's like, let's go to town because it's our God's battling out. And Elijah says, here's the plan, you guys. You build an altar. Here's your cows. We get the same materials. We're not going to get any like home field advantage or anything. We're just going to, same altars, identical altars. And now what you guys are going to do, prophets, you guys pray to your gods. You guys pray to your gods. And the God who answers with fire, he's the one true God. And so the prophets of Baal, they start doing their thing. The Bible tells us from morning to noontime, they're just doing their thing, they're praying. And at that point, Elijah starts mocking them. Like, like we said, Elijah's a man just like us. He gets to the point where he starts taunting. He's like, hey, I think your God might be on vacation. Uh, maybe he's just not listening. Oh, I bet you he's really, really tired. He might be using the restroom. Maybe you should yell louder. Like, get his attention. Make some noise. And, and, and so he gets all, I mean, think about this. We're like, when we think about it in Sunday school, there's like 15 of them. Like, yeah, come on. Like, no, we're talking 500 plus prophets going crazy now and they're just doing their thing the bible tells us they get so much to the point that they start cutting themselves and bleeding and like just god are you gonna hear us and nothing and then elijah steps up at one point and just says all right enough is enough he says if if baal is gonna be your god then serve baal but if yahweh is gonna be your god serve yahweh and then what he does is he he does something crazy he gives himself a home field disadvantage and he then starts dumping water all over his, his altar. And he digs this trench and he fills the trench up with water. And it's just soaking wet. And then Elijah steps up and he prays just 30-some uh, words. And, and, and it's this beautiful prayer. It's a very simple prayer. Uh, but at the end of it, boom, fire comes down from heaven, takes up all the water, burns up all the rocks, burns up all the wood, burns up all the cow. There is nothing left. And then he says, what you got now? And he's still taunting, you know? And they're like, uh-oh. And, 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 and he says, all right, people of Israel, today's the Lord's day. And they, they end up killing all uh, the false prophets, eradicating false prophets from Israel, uh, and establishing that God, uh, the one true God, that Yahweh is God. And, and guys, that's the same God that we serve today. If you put your faith in Jesus, uh, that's the same God you serve today. Uh, and, and the same power that Elijah had when he prayed, you have that same power. Uh, the same power that conquered the grave, like the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you have that power inside you. When you gave your heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, and, and, and you have that divine power in your prayers. And so believe when you pray. Maybe you don't see God answering the way you want it. Believe because God answers prayer. And so I just want to encourage you guys, uh, to be people who pray. Maybe you don't pray right now. Be someone who prays. And now we're going to look at what Jesus is praying for us. Let's read uh, John chapter 17, verse 20. That was supposed to be like a five-minute intro. Um, okay. that, that, that was 20 minutes. I'm sorry, guys. No, this is what it says uh, in John 17, verse 20. And we're going to read through the end of the chapter. It says this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. There being the disciples not these alone being the disciples. So now Jesus is praying for those who will believe because of the disciples. That's us today. Picking up in verse 21, he says this, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, 
I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known uh, that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love which you have loved me with, uh, uh, I lost it, that you love me may be in them and I in them. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. Uh, God, and we just pray that in these next few moments as we look at what your perfect word has to say, uh, God, that each and every single one of us, uh, God, that we would be encouraged, that we would be inspired, uh, God, that we'd be challenged by what your word has to say. Uh, Holy Spirit, just speak to us through your word. Uh, God, give us insight. Uh, God, give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Uh, God, as we just look at what your word has to say, God, I pray that the the prayer uh, that your son prays here for us, God, that we would begin to see that uh, come to fruition in our lives, come to fruition, uh, God, in our churches. Uh, God, God, that the world may know. Uh, God, we want the world to know that you, uh, God, that you love them. Uh, God, that you sent your son for them. And so, God, I just pray uh, that each and every single one of us tonight, God, that we would have uh, some of us an encouragement, uh, that, that we're doing good, uh, and that we can do more. Uh, God, and for some of us, maybe it's a little uh, fire under the butt telling us, hey, let's get up and be about our Father's business. Uh, so, God, we just thank you. God, we praise you. Uh, God, I pray that none of these would be my words, but, God, you would speak through. Uh, God, anything that would be of me, may it fall on deaf ears or may I not even be able to get it out of my mouth. But, God, that your perfect word uh, would come through. So, God, we just thank you. God, we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. This is really cool, uh, what Jesus does here uh, as he's praying. Because he does something uh, that, that only he really could do because he's God. Uh, and he sees what's going to come in the future. Uh, but it's an encouragement for us. And it's something that now we can do uh, when we pray. And, and I just want to touch on this real quick. Jesus says, I'm not just praying for these, the disciples, which he had just spent uh, the last 11 verses praying for. Uh, but he says, I'm praying for those who will believe because of the word of the disciples. Uh, Jesus was praying uh, prophetically uh, for us. He was praying prophetically uh, for the summation of Christian history, uh, for all those who believe in God. And, and I want to encourage you guys with this tonight, uh, because maybe you have, this is also another bonus sermon, this isn't the sermon, uh, but maybe you have family members, maybe you have friends, maybe you have co-workers or classmates, uh, for some of you who play sports, maybe you have teammates who don't know Jesus, uh, but you've been sharing the Lord with them, and you believe in your heart uh, that, that, that God's going to do a work in them, and that they're going to give their heart to Jesus. Uh, pray not only for your Christian friends, but pray also for them, and pray in such a way that, like, uh, like Jesus says here with full confidence, those who will believe, pray for your friends who aren't yet Christians as people who will believe. Not just that they may believe, but those who will believe. Uh, I heard one guy say it like this, and I thought it was hilarious, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I might use that someday. 
But you said, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're pre-Christians. They're not Christians yet. They're pre-Christians. So be praying for your pre-Christian friends because God is going to put you in places and opportunities uh, are going to be given to you where you can really share the love of Christ and it will impact and change their life. So be willing and be ready. Uh, and when you say those words, we were doing some pre-service prayer before uh, service and, 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 my, and my buddy Sam, uh, he, he, uh, he, he prayed um, that we would mean what we pray uh, and then like we would mean what we sing when we worship and whatnot, uh, but but really pray, uh, believing that they are going to give their heart to the Lord, uh, and, and just see what God does. And when you say, God, I'm willing to be used. God, use me, uh, and you mean it. Get ready, because God is going to use you, uh, and, and it will be uncomfortable at times. Uh, but God has an awesome plan for you, and he wants to use you. Okay, that mini-sermon is done. This is what it says, picking up in verse 21. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. I want to pause there before we finish that verse. One in us. Jesus right here is talking about how he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one in the Trinity. Now he's saying that he wants the church, the believers, to be one in God. Not one in number, not one in ideology, not one in philosophy, not one in theology, not one in religion. No, he says he wants the church to be one in him. Just as he and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. He wants the church to be one in Him. And so what does that mean? Because if we look at that and we look at it very analytically, we're like, okay, well, if we just look at Christian history, Christianity is very divided, and there's been many schisms, and we have all these different denominations. It started out with just one, and then a few, and then a few more, and then in, a, in the United States, we have over a thousand different denominations. Uh, that does not sound very united. It does not sound very one. Uh, and, and so people can get caught up on, is, did Jesus' prayer not come true? Did Jesus fail in his prayer? Um, he, he, here's one thing I want to focus on. I'm going to come back to denominations in just a little bit. Um, but what you will see when you look at the majority of the denominations, uh, the things that they are one on are that there is one God, uh, that he is three in one, uh, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, that we have God's word. There, there's some main things that are main things, uh, and, and, and those are the things that we need to focus on when it comes to the unity of the church. Because, here's the thing, uh, as Christians and as human beings, uh, we may believe in the same thing, but not have all the same beliefs about it. Um, so, like, let's just take sports, for, for example. How many of you guys like football? Okay, we can all agree we like, okay, not all of us, but, sorry, those who have their hands up, we can agree we like football. Uh, we can agree that there is a, there is a kind of ball that is specific for football, right? Okay, not to be confused with a rugby ball, it's, it's a football ball, okay? Uh, professional football, it doesn't have white stripes on it. College football, it has white stripes on it. So, so, so there's some very, like, normal things about football that we can all agree on, but some of us might like different teams, Okay. Uh, some of us like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you do, you're going to heaven. That's awesome. Uh, other of you might like the San Francisco 49ers or the Seahawks. Oh. And uh, we're going to have an altar call at the end of service. Um, no, it's all good. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, we can all take different approaches to why we like football. I like football 
not because I played football. I like football not because I like to watch football. I like football because offensive strategy fascinates me. And I was an offensive coordinator, and I loved it. I hate defense, though. So when people say defense is great, I'm like, you're dumb. It's not. Offense is cool. And so there's, there's lots of different flavors of football, uh, but it's still football. And so there's lots of different flavors of this thing called Christianity. For some people, they like more the, the high church uh, model of of, of, of very rigid, uh, very formal, um, very uh, illustrious in the song choice and whatnot. So that's for some people. Other people like uh, like the ritual of things and, and all these different things. Some people like the carefree looseness and they're doing their thing. Hey, that's cool if that's your flavor. Uh, there's so many different flavors of Christianity, but the thing is, if you keep the main things the main things, you major on the majors and minor on the minor, we can have unity. That's not God's not praying here for a, a, a single denomination. Yeah, I think initially that would have been a great plan. And there is going to be that when denominations are just gone and we are all in the kingdom of God uh, in eternity. That's going to be great. But right now there's different flavors that cater to different people. And that's all cool if you keep the main things the main things. Jesus is the only way. God's word is true. Don't add to it or don't take away from it. Uh, God is triune, and uh, there's heaven and hell. Like there's only one God. Those are like you keep the main things, the main things. It's all going to be okay. But this is why Jesus was praying that we keep the main things, the main things. If you look at the very next part of that verse, in verse twenty-one, he says this: so that the world may believe that you sent me. When the church is unified, this is what Jesus was praying. Jesus prayed for, for, for us so that we would uh, uh, do well in this world and, and, and that the world would know uh, through us. But he also prayed that we would be unified under the banner of Jesus so that the world may know God sent Jesus. So that the world may know. Now, what was the purpose for God sending Jesus? Anyone just have maybe a guess? What was the purpose for God sending Jesus? Okay, so yeah, redemption and, and, and the ritualistic things that were there uh, in the, the Jewish law. Yeah, so, so, so definitely. Dan, what were you going to say? To save us. Okay, to save us. Uh, if, if ever you want to know why God sent Jesus, look no further than just John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Okay, God loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, so that... Everyone who believes in him will have everlasting life. Okay, so Jesus was sent into the world so that there could be salvation. Jesus prayed prophetically and for the future of the church, that the church would be one, so that the world could know the plan of salvation. That the world may know that God loved them and he sent his son for them. That through his son's death, now they can have perfect relationship with God the Father because the world is is aside from Jesus away from God is 100% separated from the Father and there's nothing that anyone can do in and of themselves that can ever make them right with God again sin has separated us from the Father and it's only by the work that Jesus did on the cross and his shed blood and his uh, and his raising from the dead that we can be justified and when we are justified that then begins a process called sanctification you've heard it maybe you haven't but it's just a big word that means the process of becoming holy and, and, and becoming right with the Lord 
Um, and, and, and the really cool thing is, uh, Jesus, his blood atones uh, us. Uh, hey, does anyone know what atonement means? Anyone know what atonement I mean, there, there, there's a big theological definition. Yeah. There's a historical yeah. definition. You know the historic... The, yeah. the, okay. So atonement, basically, um, the atonement, like, of blood. Mm-hmm. So what, basically, people do in, like, Older, older times is they would take like cow blood and they would literally put themselves in a coffin and then they would slice open the cow. Blood would come down and atone them. So it was supposed to represent cleansing. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, so where I think this is coming from is like Jesus is the same thing. It's like just a cleanups. Perfect. Nice work, Ben. Yeah. Nice work. Give it up for Ben. That's good. The dude's paying attention in college. I like that. Okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, in the ancient times, uh, uh, they things were atoned for by blood, and blood was the thing that cleansed and, and, and made clean. Now, Jesus, his blood atones for us, and his blood does something that's so cool. We're not laying down on the ground and being covered in blood. We're not offering up a blood sacrifice or anything. Yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing that Jesus' blood does for us. So it th- covers our sin uh, uh, in a spiritual sense, in a physical sense, and here's the really cool thing. You don't have to remember all the fancy terms for atonement, just take a look at the word atone and break it apart. And it, it literally breaks apart at one. And, and when God atoned us, when his blood atones us, his blood makes us at one with the Father. So Jesus' blood atones, it makes us at one with the Father. And, and so I just want you guys to remember that because someone might ask you, uh, why did God send Jesus? If, if the world's to know that God sent Jesus, why did they send Jesus? Uh, because it's so that the world uh, may have salvation through Jesus. Verse 22 says this. How are we doing time-wise? Okay, we got a little bit of time. This is what it says in verse 22. It says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be just as we are one. Or they may be one just as we are one. The glory here that's being talked about, this this, this, this divine power, this divine glory, uh, comes from the Holy Spirit. If you put your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. Uh, and, and we talked a few weeks ago about how the Holy Spirit affects us. We were looking at uh, John chapter 16 and John chapter 15. How the Holy Spirit is leading all men to the Father, and it is convicting of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And some people heed the calling of the Holy Spirit. They give their heart to Jesus, and at that point, the Holy Spirit takes a presence inside of them. But then we also look how there's that second coming upon of the Holy Spirit that's talked about in Acts chapter 8, that Jesus promised his disciples was going to come. And it's that empowerment so that we can be witnesses for Jesus. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was living, operating, and doing life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same power that Jesus had because of the Holy Spirit is the same power that you can have access to. The source is in you. you got to tap into the source. And if you've given your heart to Jesus, seek the Lord and say, God, give me more of your Holy Spirit's power. Because a life, like, let me think about it this way, or, 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 or maybe help you out this way. Um, if you had, this is going to be a terrible analogy because I made it up on the spot. You ready for okay. this? It's if okay. you're in a water balloon fight, okay, okay. right? Water balloon fights are great. How many of you guys have been in a water balloon fight before? Okay. How many of you guys ever did VBS, Vacation Bible School? 
Any of you guys do the water balloon fight where you get like the like like, like the nylons and you put the balloons in the legs, you put it on your head and you spin around and fight? Yeah, great water balloon fight. I don't know where that came from. I told you this is a bad example. Uh, but if you're having a water balloon fight and you're given a bucket of balloons and they're full of water and whatnot, uh, and it's like go to war, but the balloons are right next to the hose, and no one said don't use the hose. And you're just going out with one balloon like, gotcha, gotcha. You're going to be effective. You're going to get people wet. But what if you grab the hose, you run over to the enemy's base, and you just launch them with this like hose and just soak them, right? You're going to do a lot better. That's kind of how it is with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and we can throw water balloons, and we can be effective. But we have this power that is so crazy awesome inside of us. If you've given your heart to Jesus... The Holy Spirit is taking up residence. The Holy Spirit has so much that He can do in and through you and wants to do. And God wants you to be empowered by the Spirit. That's why He promised the Spirit for us. So I would just encourage you guys uh, read God's Word. Find out what God's Word has to say about the Holy Spirit. Find out what God's Word has to promise you uh, about the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. And just see what maybe the Holy Spirit will do through you as you do what Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says that you would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. To be a witness and see the glory that was upon Jesus fulfilled in your life. Okay, verse 23. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect. In one, that the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you love me. Again, Jesus praying that we would be one so that the world may know. The Hillside Christian Fellowship, our church, is, is uh, in a co- collaborative uh, or a cooperation of uh, churches that are collaborating uh, all across different denominations. We've said, hey, let's put the denominational thing aside and let's major on the majors and minor on the minors and let's serve this community so that this community may know who Jesus is. And, and, and we've got a group of about nine churches that we've come together and we do things together. The pastors, we come together, we pray together, we believe together for this community. We do outreaches at the schools for this community. Coming up at the end of the month, 12 churches, all different denominations, were coming together. I just gleaked you on the front row. I'm so sorry. I just missed you. That's awesome. I know. But we're coming together for one gigantic service where we're just going to worship the living God together, the God who is a God of unity, not a God of disunity, a God who is a God of order, not disorder. And we're going to worship God together and just see what God does as we come together to really believe for our community, to believe for our schools. And, and, and it's really cool because it's not just happening here in North Clackamas. It's happening all throughout uh, the Pacific Northwest right now. It's super cool what God's doing, and it's unprecedented. It has, like, like, like the amount of unity that's coming in the body of Christ uh, today, we're living in awesome days because God is doing some super cool things through his church, and his church is being strengthened every single day. And so I just want to encourage you guys, uh, find out what you can do to get involved. Find out what you can do to start serving so that this world can know the God who loves them is actually there. And the way the world's going to know is when we are united together doing the things that God has called us to do. Uh, He says this as he continues uh, his prayer. He says, Father, I desire that they whom you have gave me will be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundations of the world. This is super, super cool. 
Because Jesus prays not only that we would be able to be witnesses here on earth, he doesn't just pray for our unity, but he prays that the thing that he promised the disciples just two chapters earlier about going and preparing a place for us, he prays that, hey, that those who put their faith in me, that they would be with me again. Here's the cool thing. Jesus, the very real Son of God, the God who created this universe, Jesus wants to be reunited with each and every single one of you. We're told in Scripture that the church, and the church is not a building, the church is the living organism that is the body of Christ, each and every single believer. Uh, we are told that symbolically the church is the bride of Christ. And just like a bridegroom longs to see his bride and to be with his bride, uh, so Jesus longs to be with the church in heaven. And so God has this place for you. If you put your faith in Jesus, we have a hope. And that hope, as Romans chapter 5 tells us, that hope does not disappoint. And so I want to just encourage you guys, no matter what this life is giving you, no matter what the world is doing around you, no, no matter how hard it is, maybe it's going great, but no matter what this life throws at you, if you put your faith in Jesus, you have a hope, but not only do you just have like this like hope of, hey, you're going to go to heaven. No, you have this hope of Jesus up there like, I can't wait until you get here. I'm praying that you get here. This is super cool. Come hang out with me. It'd be like finding out you have, I'm not going to do another analogy. <laughs> no more analogies tonight. Zach, if I try and do another analogy, stand up and hit me, okay? Thank you. Um, yeah, man. Verse 25 says this. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these also have known you and known that you sent me. Here's the thing. Jesus was very uh, cognizant of the fact that there were a small group that knew him, but there was a much bigger world that did not know him. There was a much bigger crowd that did not know him. And the thing is, the church has grown astronomically uh, since the first century. It went from 120 to 3,120, five grand to innumerable. By the time you get to Acts chapter 6, the first chapters of Acts, it says people were added to the church, people were added to the church, people were added to the church. But Acts chapter 6, it says, and the church began to multiply because you couldn't add anymore because it was just growing exponentially. And, uh, and, and so here's the cool thing. The church has grown so much. Uh, the, 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 the tribe of, of church that we're a part of, the flavor of church that we're a part of, Hillside Christian Fellowship, being a Pentecostal church in the fellowship of the Assemblies of God, uh, that, that tribe uh, is the fastest growing tribe uh, of, of, or denomination, you could say, uh, in Christianity in the world. It has over 60 million people worldwide, and it's super fast growing. And here's the thing. God is doing some amazing, amazing things through his church, but there are still millions upon billions of people who do not yet know the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, I know there's some that don't believe. These do believe that you've sent me. And now Jesus then commissions us and calls us to go into all the world. That's why we have like heroes that this group supports and we pray for every week and we support financially. Like the Downies, going to a place where people don't know the name of Jesus, who've never had an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Jesus prayed for the Downies, that the Downies would go and that the people of southern Thailand would know that there's a God who loves them and who sent his son. The wealthies go into a place where there is legitimately in the size of the state of Oregon, Zero followers of Christ. Millions of people that do not know Jesus, and they're called there. The Paris is 
Vanuatu. It's a little island in the middle of the Pacific. People don't know Jesus. I don't know how to say Vanuatu right, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they're going, and people are finding Jesus as a result of Jesus' prayer being fulfilled through his people. Uh, and and maybe, maybe you might be here tonight, and you're one of those people who says, I don't know who Jesus is. I've heard of him, but I don't know him. Uh, and I want you to have the opportunity to know Jesus, because here's the thing. There is a God who loves you. And a God who loves you so much that he wants to spend eternity with you. And he wants to spend eternity with you so much that he understands because he's a just God. He, he's not just some happy-go-lucky God who's like, hey, anyone's welcome. No, he's just. And we've sinned. We've separated ourselves from God as a result of our sin. And he's a just God, but he, because he's a just God, he gave us a way that we could have an eternity with him. And that's through his son. And so I want to give you an opportunity, and I, if, if you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. But let's finish this up. Uh, in, in verse 25, he says this, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. In verse 26, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to declare your name. I'm going to declare your name. And then he says, I in my disciples, I in my followers. Jesus declaring the name of God now in you means we are to declare the name of God. Jesus says at the tail end of Matthew, he says, all authority has been given to me. And he gives us the great commission. And then he says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's the thing. You have God. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have the very living God in you, and we are to declare his name so that the world may know. And here's the super cool thing about this. He says that the love which you loved me with may be in them. God is calling each and every single one of us to love the people around us, to love the world around us, to love our neighbor who drives us crazy. To love the person who sits behind us in class and chews their gum way too loud, it drives you crazy. God's called you to love them. He's called you to love the people it's easy to love. But he's called you to love the people it's hard to love. He even took it a step further and he said, hey, love your enemies. We are to love the people around us. And here's the cool thing. Uh, John, later in his life, writing uh, a letter uh, to the church, he says this. He says, um, You'll know that you love God when you do His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not hard. What are Jesus' commandments? Well, there's lots of commandments in the Bible, but Jesus says they're all summed up in these. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. And He says, He says, if you truly love God, those aren't going to be hard. If you love God, then loving people is not going to be hard. If you're having a hard time loving people, you need to check your love meter with God. Do you truly love God as much as you say you do or as much as you think you do? Because talk is cheap and talk is easy. It's all good to come to church, raise your hands and be like, I love you, Jesus. But then you go home and you're not loving people around you. You need to check your heart. You need to check your heart because Jesus prayed and said, hey, that they would love one another and that my love would be in them just as I am in you, that the world may know. If you don't love the people around you, if you have a hard time loving the people around you, you've got to check your heart. Because God says, if you love me, then it's going to be easy. 
Now, people aren't always easy, but loving them with the love of Jesus, that is easy. And it's, it, it, it takes effort sometimes. But the thing is, we show our love, but not only do we show our love, we show the Father's love so that the world may know. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight uh, that Jesus, one, he was praying for you uh, so that you would be one, that we, as a church, that we would be unified as one. Jesus prayed for unity. Uh, so, so I encourage you guys, pray for unity. Uh, Jesus prayed uh, that, that, that we would be with him again soon. That's cool. So the Bible tells us to eagerly await the return of the Lord. No man knows the time or the hour when Jesus will return. But the thing is, he's going to come back. So we eagerly await it. And, uh, and, and lastly, Jesus prays that we would love one another, not only as the church, but that we would love the world so that the world may know his love in and through us. So I just want to encourage you guys with those things tonight uh, because those are the very things that Jesus prayed for, the very things that Jesus wanted to encourage us with. Amen? Amen. 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 So let's close our eyes. Uh, and we're just going to close in prayer. But I want to give the opportunity. If maybe you're hearing all this tonight, uh, maybe this is the first time you've heard it. Maybe you've heard it many times before. Uh, but tonight you hear it and you say, you know what, uh, Pastor Matt, uh, this, this whole Jesus thing it didn't make sense to me before. Uh, I've heard it before. Uh, but, but tonight uh, I now know that my sin separates me. Uh, and the only thing that can make me at one with God again is his atoning blood. And I want that blood to cover me. Because... I realize that there is a very real hell and a very real heaven. And without Jesus, I'm going to spend an eternity in hell. And I want to spend an eternity in heaven because, Jesus, that's you, you want to spend time with me. Uh, and, and so if that's you tonight and you, uh, and, and you just want to pray and say, Jesus, I want you to come in and be the Lord of my life. And I want your blood to cover my sins and atone for me. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you tonight, uh, would you just let me know by raising your hand so, so I can be praying uh, for you and be praying with you? Awesome, I see that hand. That's cool, that's cool. Awesome, I see that hand, brother. Very cool, very cool. Awesome, awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? Super cool, super cool. Um, maybe you're here tonight, you've heard it all before, but you're not living for the Lord. Uh, and, and, and you're like, I, I, I know I believe, I just haven't been living it. And I want to live it. And, and I just want to make sure uh, that, that if I were to die tonight, I'm going to heaven. So if that's you, uh, you put your faith in Jesus in the past, but you don't know. You just want to be reassured and be affirmed that your, uh, that your sins are forgiven. If that's you tonight, would you just let me know by raising your hand? Awesome. I see that hand. Very good. Very good. Awesome. And maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're having a hard time loving people. Maybe you just want to be better uh, at, at, at sharing the love of Christ so that the world may know. Maybe you want to have a better uh, uh, disposition towards unity uh, with, with people in the church. And, and if that's you tonight, you just want to grow a little bit. If you just want to grow a little bit, allow the Holy Spirit to grow you uh, a little bit. Um, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Awesome, awesome. Lots of hands, lots of hands. Did you put it up? Very cool, very cool. And lastly, uh, I just want to give the opportunity because we prayed about, or, or we talked about this also. Maybe you're someone who's like, you know what? Like God's doing some cool things in my life, but I just want to experience the full power of the Holy Spirit and, and have the Holy Spirit come upon me so that I can be an effective and powerful witness. If that's you tonight and you just want more power from the Holy Spirit uh, to, to, to be a witness, if that's you tonight and you just want to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, uh, if you could raise your hand also, that'd be sweet.
Super cool. Super cool. And no other questions. That's good. All right, you guys can put your hands down. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, that you are a God who loves us. God, that you're a God who cares for us. Uh, God, that you're a God who has a plan for us. Uh, God, first and foremost, uh, God, we, uh, we pray. Uh, God, and we thank you. Uh, God, we confess our sins to you. Uh, God, we are sinners. Uh, and we are in desperate need of a Savior. Uh, and so, God, we just confess our sins to you and we repent. Uh, and, God, we, we, we just say uh, that, uh, God, you are the Lord of our lives. Uh, your word tells us that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we are saved. So for the two who raised their hand uh, for tonight, God, to give their heart to you uh, for the first time, God, uh, we're all going to say as a group, we're just going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. So on the count of three, guys, let's just say that. One, two, three. Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, upon that confession of faith, uh, God, 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 we, we just say thank you for salvation. God, we say, uh, God, uh, we rejoice with the angels who are rejoicing in heaven. Uh, and so, God, we just thank you so much. God, for those who, who uh, are recommitting their heart to the Lord, uh, God, got another two hands that went up. Uh, God, I just pray, um, we declare that same thing. God, we know that you're a God who, who uh, started a good work, and you're going to see it through to the end. And so, God, we just thank you that you love us. Uh, and that our hope is in you. And once again, we're going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, so three, two, one. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ is Lord. So God, we just thank you so much for that. Uh, and God, we pray uh, for those who raise their hand. Uh, God, to, to, to be able to love a little bit more. To maybe uh, be able to share the love of Christ more. Uh, to have a better disposition towards unity. Uh, God, we just pray right now that your Holy Spirit, uh, who, who, who is living inside uh, God, that, that you would just begin to mend hearts, that you would begin to change hearts, that, that God, hearts would be more focused and in tune uh, with, with your prayers. God, the things that you prayed, the things that you longed for in the church. God, I pray that those would be the desires of our hearts as well. God, that we would be one so that the world may know that we would be one so that your love would be in us. Uh, God, and, and so the world would know that you uh, sent your son. And so, God, we just pray those things. And, God, we believe that your Holy Spirit will do that. And, God, lastly, we pray for those. God, many hands who went up saying they want to be filled, empowered, uh, God, baptized in the Spirit. Uh, God, we just pray right now that, 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 that you would do that, God, as, as these diligently seek you, Lord God. Uh, your word tells us that if we offer up a prayer of faith, believing we receive. And so, God, we believe that you are uh, giving us that power. God, now give us the boldness to go operate in the power that comes from your spirit. And God, may we see that this city would be turned upside down, just like the disciples there in the first century. God, it was said of them, they were those who turned the world upside down. God, may we be those who turn this city, who turn our college campuses, who turn our places of employment, who turn our families upside down for the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you. God, we praise you. Go with us as we go from this place. And God, we just pray all these things in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.